welcome back to Thrifting Mind podcast, where we talk about everything thrifting, um, fashion, climate, and a little bit more. So yeah. welcome back to our podcast. We are so excited. This is part two, Mary. Part two of our discussion on water, climate change, Texas, and, um, you know, everything that's kind of interconnected to that. You know, like you, you were just saying, Dom, you know, this is a podcast that started with our passion for thrifting, and that is still so much a part of, of this podcast. But it's funny to think back to when we started this podcast at a different um, time, that was and what we you know for the past um you know through I think personal life shit happening and us having to deal with that but like through the last couple episodes that we have gotten to record we've really had to um diverge our conversations to um a little bit like people might listen to this and be like, I don't know what this has to do with thrifting or sustainability. Um, but understanding those are so connected, um, to the environment, to intersectional feminism, intersectional inter, um, environmentalism, social justice, you know? So I do just want to say like, yeah, those, (laughs) it's just that those things, you know, they're all interconnected. Um, so just to recap on our last episode, I agree. We... <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, so as we, we know on the last episode, we kind of dove a little deep into what happened in Texas in February and how that changed us. <laughs> yes. I feel that, um, The climate has everything to do with what we wear, what we do, who we speak to, what we eat. And I think it just makes sense that on a podcast talking about thrifting, that the climate will come up to play, that 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 uh, politics will come into play because it has everything to do with the climate, which has everything to do with us, which has everything to do with what we wear. So I feel like when we were discussing in part one was the lack of the lack of communication, the lack of action, the lack of trust. And I think bringing it back to our part two is what it did to change my view on the things that I took advantage of, which was our climate and how much I consume and how much um, I thought um, I thought I was doing good at. You know, when you're, when you're, when you're um, trying to strive for sustainability in the best way you know how you think you're doing the little things you think you're doing it it, it, it might not seem bad but when you're looking at it in a in a in a, your perspective and then it's flipped on its head and you're able to see like wow um i can never imagine myself thinking about the fact that if i eat this cheeseburger and drink this soda pop that I'm going to have to go to the restroom and I don't have water to not one, use the restroom, not to wash my hands. So just the simple things of like, wow, other people, I'm over here living a luxury, a luxury for a life because I'm able to have these things access to me. And 
it just makes you question everything, Mary. It makes you sit here and think, like, what is my relationship with the things that I'm so used to, such as power, water, hell, my friends, technology. I feel like this storm made me reevaluate a lot of important things I felt was to me. Mm-hmm. And now they're not as important to me. Um, like, for instance, I really try to unplug everything. Before I was just like, whatever, you know, I really try to now, con- con- you know, think about everybody else in the picture, not just my life, not just my power. You know, I'm thinking about someone that might not have power. I don't know. It's just the things that made you reevaluate a lot of different things in my life had everything to do with this storm. And I think that's my little personal take on how I feel like we can step into this conversation of like transitioning the way we believe we are. um, Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think you you nailed it. I think a good place to start that discussion, I mean, you already segued into it so well, um, is to talk about the phone call that we had. Um, just days, <laughs> you know, just like two days after the snow, I mean, maybe like one day after the snow had melted um, and we were kind of, you know, in Austin, we were able to get back on the road. Um, but I do want to say many people still were out w- without power, without heat, without water. I mean, the water, it was a crisis. The The water situation in Austin, um, there are still people that are hurting from that. And it's um, we're recording this on March 9th. Um, so just to kind of let that sink in. So, you know, just to set the stage here, it's the day after the snow has melted and um, Dom, you called me and I know this wasn't that long ago, but I want you to, to tell our listeners what, why you called me. What was the, we were, we had checked in with each other. We had texted each other. We had been trying to survive. Um, yeah. And then, and then you called me. So yeah. What, what happened? Um, I was really emotional. I, call, I called Mary and I was just, so, um, so many thoughts running through my head. I mean, I've been thinking about this since, you know, I lost water and then I gained water, right? And so my whole mind is like, who do I call that will understand that I'm so um, ungrateful. <laughs> I am so, um, I'm just Same. trying to humble myself. <laughs> Same. To really humble myself because thinking about the fact that I misused and my relationship with water. I didn't know I didn't know anybody else that would understand this. And I called Mary and I wanted to know her view and her opinion on and how she felt. I was pretty much expressing to her how I feel that water is such a gem. Precious. It's so precious. <laughs> and I just I was just so just didn't give it I didn't care. I, I felt like I was just using water so willy-nilly and not thinking about other places and people that don't even have a clean source of water and I'm over here you know of course out of water but like I'm like I deserve this water this is something that I I need to take a shower every day I need to wash my hair every day I need to brush my teeth every day and not and like demanding it like to the point 
sitting here, like, emotionally, like, thinking about, like, how can I identify myself now? And, and knowing that, okay, this happened, and this made me wake up to realize that, okay, I need to reevaluate my, my relationship with water, how I intake water, what am I using this water for, how many times do I need t- TMI, but how many times do I need to flush the toilet if it's nothing, you know what I'm saying, like, washing dishes, dishwasher, washing clothes, all of these little things that I just took for granted, I needed to talk someone, I needed to talk it out with Mary. And our conversation got so deep to the point where I was like, we need to have a conversation about the way people view water, the way we we view water, the way I view water, and how we should think of ways and better practices to not only appreciate water, but to help water out too, which is also the world, because the world is up, what, over 70%, 80% of water? And how, how is it that? Water is now one of, like, it's going into an extinct. It's, like, literally in stock market. People are fighting over water in other countries. People are um, um, not even having fresh water. I mean, so, I mean, if we really want to get, talk about it, like, I was thinking in myself, like, I'm over here worried about, you know, trying to wash my hands where there's other villages and and countries where all of their water is just chemically inclined due to denim washing and color dyeing and all of these other reasons. And it just dawned on me that, like, I want to be able to rely on water in a way that is still resourceful. And I want to be able to, I don't know, I just want to be able to move a little bit differently in the way I was prior. And I think mm-hmm. with me and Mary's conversation, what sparked it so much is that we both were on the same page. <laughs> yeah. We were already thinking about the same thing. And I literally felt a lot calmer because I wanted to sit here and have this conversation with you, Mary, and, and have this open dialogue about how we view water and how I took it for granted and how now I value water as it is as such a, a diamond because at this point, there's people that don't, I mean, I cried when I got, took a shower. Like, I didn't take a shower for five days, and when I took a hot shower, I cried. I cried in the shower because I was like, wow, I feel like a human. Wow, I feel like somebody because I took a hot shower. So just sit there and think about the way water is, is used in, in everything that we do and how it separates people as well. I mean, I now feel inclined to now get a room every month and try to have someone take a shower of like some of homeless, like some of someone that deserves a shower because it just makes you feel human. It makes you feel human to wash your body. And the fact that a lot of people don't even have that simple necessity, it hurts me because I, I know how that felt. Even though I knew it was temporary, no, I didn't know it was temporary. I, I could have never, I mean, there's, like you said, Mary, there's people out here that still haven't, are affected by this water situation that has like a $17,000 bill that has all of these things that they can't afford or keep on because of this storm. And I think I just want to address that I'm not sitting here to tell you that, you know, you're a bad person for using water. I'm saying that from where you're standing, there's someone else standing somewhere else with 
the opposite of what you have, if not Mm -hmm. anything. So I think, I don't know, I think it's basic human rights to have water, but I also understand that humans are also the reason why we don't have water and why water is in the stock market and why water is now becoming one of the high priorities for the world right now. And the fact that it's also something that is like, it it just boggles my mind that we have so many different types of water and so many different types of contaminations and so many different types of springs and things that all are meant for the same thing, but used differently. It just makes me feel that we should all just give Mother Earth a break and <laughs> try to just minimize what we can in our own limits. And that's all I could say. Like, do, I mean, honestly, when I, I started reading about your body oils, and like, if you think about it, like, after a day and a half, after two days, I read that after two days, and I read that on, um, I read it on MrNatural.com because he does, he has, they have um, fresh uh, vegetables and stuff, but I read an article that was also attached to them and how people misuse simple identities to water and how people misuse simple identities to human rights. So, like, the fact that our bodies really don't accumulate oil uh, until after two days, unless you're, of course, working out outside of course and things like that but if you're in the house and you're relaxed and you're not you didn't go you're not doing much you might step outside or walk your dog or go to the grocery store you do not need a six hour shower or an hour shower um twice a day um it's just like certain and certain certain things can be minimized i mean i feel that a lot of people could take a little bit of consideration and understand that um I don't know I don't think people I feel like people need to understand that water is not given to you it's you don't water doesn't owe you anything like you don't you as people like people need to understand that like water is yes one source of things that make the world go round but it's also one thing that can like completely like destroy the world if we don't have it that's one yeah. mineral that would destroy the world because we don't have it. And is is slowly engulfing the war the world. Um, you know, I really liked the way you put it. Um, you you said that it's like you don't water doesn't owe you anything, and uh, um, you know I think you also said like. This is not exactly what you said. I'm paraphrasing, but we don't, we um, dominate water in like a very aggressive, um, entitled way. Um, And we have for a really, 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 really long time, specifically um, colonizers. (laughs) Um, You know, so that relation, you know, like that's what we're talking about is like, once we, you know, spent a couple days realizing that we couldn't flush our toilets, realizing that we couldn't wash our hands, that we needed to find ways to brush our teeth, um, and to to survive, um, 
you know, it does change your relationship. It should change your relationship to how you think about water. Um, and that's why, you know, that's what we talked about on that phone call. And, you know, too, it's, it was also a reminder of like, well, Flint still doesn't have clean water. <laughs> you know, like we like, we like to say that it's, you know, all these other countries that are having issues with water. And it is. It's everywhere. But it's here. It's already here. It's, um, you know, every... I mean, I worry about Houston all the time. Um, yeah. And, you know, some of the things that I have heard about the way that climate change is going to affect us specifically with the issue of water is that, you know, people are going to start moving out of these areas. People are going to start moving out of Houston, out of, um, you know, areas in California, areas of Florida, and they're going to, the ones that can, the ones that are rich, that have the privilege to go and relocate because of these climate concerns, um, and so the, you know, but the pressure is just pushing it and that's just surrounding us, um, in a way where the only option to me, I mean, there's many ways to approach this and there's, there's many possibilities, but at the base of it is the necessity to understand what you said, Dom, just water is precious. And so there's a couple different terms that I kind of came across, um, on a website called the Pacific Institute, um, not specific, the Pacific Institute, um, that kind of, <laughs> just to clarify, um, that kind of talked about the, these different issues w with water. They talked about water scarcity, water stress, and water risk. Now, water scarcity is the amount of water that we have in supply. Um, whereas water stress is a little broader and talks about, you know, not only the water, the amount that you have, but also the drinkability, the usability of that water. So we could say, you know, like it wasn't a lack of water that Austin experienced. It was water stress, <laughs> which I think is such... I mean, that's exactly what it is. And it was it is stressful. You know, it put stress on the, our communities, on individuals, on families, and it was because the water was freezing in the pipes and and stressing the very structure of the the city. Um you know, so I think yeah, when you had called me, that was such a I like, I think we, we were both kind of, it was like a really weird, in a, in a way, like magical kind of moment because I had actually been listening to a podcast that was talking about just this, you know, just talking about our relationship to water. And so my mind was just like reeling. And then you called me um, in the middle of that, like we were on the same wavelength. And I mean, not to get gross, like, I mean, same to as you were saying, you know, I hadn't showered at a point during the storm, I think in seven days. And it was, it, it was 
visceral and emotional when I um, was able to finally shower. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't um, do laundry for a little while because I felt like, God, I know this is going to be, this is going to use so much water and I feel so wasteful doing this. So it was a wake up call that I need to take it upon myself um, to learn um, how to be more respectful of water. Um, and also for me to understand that like, I, it's not completely a race thing, but you know, the indigenous people of the Americas, they don't have a problem. You know, they knew how to respect their resources. They knew how to um, respect the land and they understood and understand still that it is a relationship. Yes, that you have not only with your body, but with the earth and the water. And like mm-hmm. I was talking about earlier about your own toxins and things like you, we, we don't even let oil get on our body before we're like, oh my God, I gotta wash this off. Or we don't allow sweat to be sweat. I mean, all of these little things that allow people to make an excuse to use tons of water, which in other words, like if you were outside and you were surviving and this is all you had to do, you would not be able to take a shower every day. And it makes you yeah. think about not only the relationship that you have with water, but your own relationship with your survival skills and with yourself. Like, oh my God, you're not going to be able to camp, I mean, um, build a fire because you haven't taken a shower. Oh my gosh, you didn't wash your hands. And now you, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, it just makes you think about the way you view your relationship with all of the natural resources in the world. And I think that's where I was like calling you. And I love that we were on the same page because I, I, I don't think I could talk to anybody else about it. And that, yeah, especially in that same. time frame because of, of everything that was going on. Yeah. And I just want everybody that's listening at our cute part two of water is to really just, evaluate your personal relationship with water um, evaluate your take in and your take out evaluate what you use and evaluate what you receive or you know that you I guess receive and I think that would help you just understand a little bit more if you wasn't in Texas and didn't experience this situation I just want you to think about that those things like how many showers do I take a day or how often like how often do I mean, washing your hands is a necessity, especially in during COVID. Like I'm not telling people not to wash your hands every five <laughs> seconds. What I am telling people to do is to evaluate things that they could control. Yeah. If you can control washing your dishes, right. Or wash that dish right when it gets dirty. So you're not to put in a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Do it. Because oh. <laughs> one dishwasher is like six showers. I get, I feel called out because I really need to get on top of that one specifically. And um, I think with that, as you said, Dominus, it is about a relationship. It is about it becoming more personal. And on top of that, it is also looking into companies and demanding big changes, big, big, big changes. And it has to be both. We are no longer at a point where it is one or the other. It is both individual and it is and it is um, grand scale, and it and then both are necessary. So look into the companies of how they're using water, of how they're misusing water, and how you know 
they are the biggest polluters. And that's why we're talking about this on this podcast, because fashion is one of the biggest polluters of water. And they have been for a long time. This is not, this didn't happen in the 90s. This didn't come back. You know, it's gotten worse with fast fast fashion, but dyeing um, overall textile production is, has not become, is not thoughtful. It is not about a, a connection. So it is connected. We have to change our relationship. Changing t- with water changes our relationship to what we wear, to what we buy, to how we use as you said, Dom, all of our resources, all these things around us. Um, so, you know, I, th- I also would love, you know, if anybody has resources they want to share um, with us, that they want to send us on anything about, you know, it's tied to this, like how to, um, you know, wash your clothes the most um, sustainably, you know, sound way, how to, uh, anything. All, all of the all of those things and more I would love to 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 do better I agree I think the more we share about um, resourceful and sustainable things the better the world will be because I think a lot of people um kind of um kind of hide a lot of their things that they're good at <laughs> you know a lot of people kind of hide the things that they're good at especially when it comes to survival mode when it comes to yeah. the world and the climate and, the, and, and and things like that I think people like to keep what they know to themselves and I just want to say that fashion has everything to do with water has everything to do with um the way we use water because not only as as it's being made in water we we, we rewash it and we wash it and we wash it right so like the things that we do, it's like not only are we consuming this this, this um, from water, but we're also putting it back in the water. And so, mm-hmm. and we're not even th- we're not even talking about what gets polluted in the ocean and how that plays into all of the water and in the world. So it's it's a lot of things that we don't really consider important in the way we view water. But there's a whole other side of the spectrum when it comes to how um, we should view water and how we should educate ourselves on the value of water. And I think with this part two, it's just a good way to just express to you guys that we've personally been changed in a way that makes us want to express to you guys and inspire you guys to not only question your friends and your family, but yourself and, and see that like, we want to continue to not live on this earth, but for the future of people and, and animals and, and <laughs> the plants. You know, it's just yeah. we want to be able to continue this world and not end up on Mars or Pluto. And don't yeah. get me wrong. We love that Tesla's in Texas and trying to change the way we view um, electricity, the way we view power, the way we view the, the, way we view the, the world. I love that. Um, I didn't, I know we didn't talk about it in the first, I wanted to talk about him in the first part, uh, about water, but I feel with the whole power situation, he is really, um, taking it under his wing about pushing the change for the grid and pushing the change for us to do solar and power versus this and that. And I know I have a lot of other, um, pet peeves with him, but I can say one thing about him is that he's thinking about the earth first and yeah. people second. Are you talking about Beto? 
I'm talking about Musk. Um, oh yeah, e- yeah, um, Elon Musk. Sorry. Okay, Elon Musk. Yeah. Elon Musk. Yeah. Sorry, so true. Yeah. Sorry. That. I, I said Tesla. My bad. <laughs> no, te- no, Tesla's. Um, I mean, you're correct. You're correct. Yeah. He owns I Tesla. If more corporations, yeah, if more corporations like him would think about the earth versus people, because when people, when corporations think of anything, they think about the people because they have the, mm-hmm. the the capitalism. But he's like, I already got money. What I want to <laughs> do is figure out why the world is doing the way, why it's doing this thing, right? So yeah. I'm here, on, I'd rather invest in something that's innovating and helping the world versus also, versus something that's plaguing the world just to look good. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I have a lot of issues with Elon Musk as well. But you bring up a good point. You know, he does prioritize um, the environment in so many ways and his designs. And, um, you know, too, he makes it look good. Like Teslas are sleek cars, you know, and I think that that's kind of cool to show. It's like you can be sleek and you can give a damn about the environment. FYI, you know, yeah. oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, I, the, uh, I, I, you said it right out of my mouth. I literally love that. You can look, you can look good and still love the, and still love the earth. Like, yeah. And something that, um, you know, that also this whole situation made a little clearer for me is that, um, the earth is going to be, we hurt the earth. I'm not saying we don't. We damage the earth every second of every day. But the earth will win. The earth will continue on and heal long after we're all dead. So understanding that it's like what we as humans are trying to actually do is keep the earth livable for us. And the irony, though, is that I feel like we have to design things kind of like what you said, Dom, the way that Tesla does, which is that to be like, yeah, whatever. I yeah, people, whatever. I'm like more into, you know, production and design. Um, The climate. We're here here to protect the climate. Climate, the world first, then the people. Right. Because if you jump towards um, being able to just help the earth you're automatically jumping past, like, that's automatically going to help the people on the planet as well. Yeah. Yes, Mary. Yes. And that's the stuff that I love. And that's, I mean, like I said, we have our issues with this man, but the one thing we do have an agreement is that he will, he will, he will peace out the people all day to save (laughs) the earth and to, and figure out ways that space and earth connect. And I don't know. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm with the fact that he's coming to the biggest oil state, and and it's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, let's lose, yeah, let's lose this oil vibe. Let's let's get on this like electric power, solar energy because, and let's make it affordable. Like, I'm I'm interested in the articles of him making his stuff more affordable for people that can. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, because everybody everybody don't got tests for money, baby. Okay, no. and so if he could make it affordable for people can actually roll around in this. That is going to change and shift. He's already shifted a lot for uh, the automotive uh, industry. He's already made them switch to a lot of different things and and innovative and thinking about the climate and the future and all these other things. So I feel like he's over it. That's why he's doing bigger things and trying to to build. Um, I hear he's trying to build a city in Texas, but I know yeah. that he's trying to build 
so many things that's beneficial for the or not for the community for the climate and for mother nature versus the people and i'm okay with that because there's so many people doing it for the people him and um bezos he needs to he needs to like he needs to talk to bezos um and get him to kind of become a little bit more like him it's like come on get amazon to change it up a little bit over here and what get him to at least think more sustainable and how he does stuff because the, the real the real reason why the earth is all messed up is because we're polluting it because we want to get packages the same day we want to get this we want to get we want to get our 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 light ring the same day. We want to get our our food the same day. It's like, mm-hmm. I literally have to question myself every time I get on Amazon. I'm like, why am I, I on know. here? I what know. do I need to get on here? Why, why? And, and, and it's the thing that you have to do because it's so instant and, it, and we don't even realize the effect. But we want to have children. We want to be married. We want to have all of these things. But how? When in 10 years, the world is going to be like shit and we're going to be living in this apocalyptic survival state and guess who's going to be the only ones do- doing well the rich exactly that's why you got to move away from this capitalist society and i'm ready yeah <laughs> i am prepared Same. i think it's a i think what what's been what we've been doing this what the however long the u.s has been in power we have yep. never switched up and uh, the identity of the u.s nope. we've always been this way so i don't know i think a switch is needed and i think each (laughs) decade shows shows that so honey i don't know maybe (laughs) i'm sorry hold on you mean to tell me that a little piece of paper that was written centuries ago in the 1700s doesn't hold up to today is that what you're telling me (laughs) that we need to rewrite that (laughs) that is bonkers (laughs) Blasphemy. Exactly. Well, I think, you know, I think that this is a conversation that's ongoing. Um, and we've already, we've already talked, you know, it's, it's been in our episodes talking about water, talking about, cha- you know, changing our mindset, pushing ourselves to do better. Um, and so this is a conversation that we're going to continue to have, but I'm just so grateful that we got to sit down today Um and dive into it a little bit and just i'm just I really agree. appreciative of that and of you and, uh, and of our editor dj <laughs> um who's hey. here too i agree i think we 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 are off to a great start um and i'm excited for the future of what we have to come and the discussions that we have i like to be multifaceted i think that that's exactly yeah. what our podcast is about and I think we should not limit ourselves. And if no. we have something passionate to talk about, let's talk about it. And still uh-huh. make it thrift and fashion. Absolutely. We're like our own Tesla, but better. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't stop it. You're such a good friend <laughs> that you didn't hang up <laughs> on our call uh, means a lot. <laughs> Nice, nice. <laughs> I, I, I love you and I love this podcast so much that you would never be hung up on. I promise. Uh, that means so much to me. You're, you're a true verb. I love you so much, and I, I'm so excited to be back at it. And I can't wait for our next episode. So everybody, stay tuned.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Thrifting Minds. Our podcast is produced and edited by DJ Lucas. Our theme song is by Stefan Osei. And we cannot wait to bring you more inspo for thrifting and fashion on the next episode. Stay tuned.